Welcome to Today I Choose. I'm your host, Melissa Bingham. Today I have the pleasure of talking with my friend, Carol Miller. Carol is a human potential activator, igniting people's internal superpowers to live a life filled with love, kindness, compassion, and peace. Her work has enriched the lives of over 1.5 million followers worldwide by heightening celebrations and lessening sorrow with a positive focus. Perhaps her favorite contribution to the kinder world is the Global Free Hug Initiative she founded in 2008. Since then, huggers have joined her to spread kindness one hug at a time during the annual May event, which includes six continents, 45 countries, 32 U.S. states, and Reverend Desmond Tutu has joined twice. Along with her coaching practice and positive focus, Carol has produced events and marketing for Ian LeVanzant, Gabby Bernstein, Greg Braden, Lynn Twist, and others. I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right. Well, I am so happy to have Carol Miller joining the Today I Choose podcast today. Welcome, Carol. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I was as we were just talking about how long I've lived in California and just thinking back that we've we've probably known each other almost 15 years. I think we worked together in Chicago and uh, I'm just so excited to talk about all that you do. Let's jump in. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So let's start with what does intentional living mean to you? That, you know, that's such a great question because I think it's so easy for us to go into autopilot and just let life live us rather than us live life. So for me, intentional living is being aware of who I'm choosing to be each day. And sometimes it's who I'm choosing to be each moment. But it's about focusing on who I want to show up as in the world and create my life from there. Mm, so good. And and so true what you said. Sometimes it's each moment. It's each breath we get to choose, right? Exactly. Yeah. So especially the frustrating breaths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when we feel that tension in our body. And it's, yeah. Like, okay, who do I want to be right now, yeah. Carol? Yeah. Oh, so good. So I was just looking at your website this morning and you're an impact coach, a peace activator, and a hugger. <laughs> it's so fun. So, so I want to start with the hugging because, you know, we've been in a year where we haven't been able to hug each other. And I think about wow. you all the time with that. And so t tell me about your hug initiative, because it's, you know, it's been something that's been near and dear to your heart for a long time. And, and I'd love to just hear how, how you've been with that this past year. Yeah, it is absolutely. I started doing free hugs in 2008 in January because of course, you're going to pick winter in Chicago to start an outdoor event because that just makes sense. But I realized very quickly the impact, that touch, that seeing somebody and recognizing that somebody matters in the world, like it truly changed my life because I was not a hugger before I started doing free hugs. But it's really been since I've started, it's just the opportunity to let people know that they matter in the world and that they're seen in the world. And I, I do it, well, except for this past year, I have an annual event in May every year to invite people around the world to join me for a hug weekend to hug in their communities as well. And I think this year, it just really shows the importance of connection and being open to seeing people. And it's been a hard year. I haven't done free hugs since March of 2020. The very first weekend in March was the last one that I did. And it'll be interesting to see when it opens up again. I'm curious if I'm going to get lots of hugs because people are starved for them 
or if people are going to be afraid of that for a while. So it'll be a, an interesting dynamic to, to work through. It's really important for people to be seen by each other and to know that they matter in this world. Yeah. So when you were able to hug in person, what's a hug event look like? I've seen, you know, you have signs, you, yeah, tell yeah. her, tell our listeners, <laughs> exactly. tell her what's it, what's it like? Cause like everybody's like, what's a hug event? That's true. Um, I apologize. Not everybody knows what the free hug movement is. It was actually started by a gentleman in Australia in 2004. And then he created a video on YouTube in 2006, right when YouTube was getting big. So his was one of the most watched videos for a very long time. I watched it and I felt the work I do with positive focus that it was a good fit. So it's really like you just write free hugs on a sign. You go stand someplace in a public setting that is a public setting because it's private property. Here in Chicago, they will tell you to leave. In some countries, you could be arrested for it. So you need to make sure that you're in a safe environment to do it. And then you just wait for people. Some people speak and say free hugs and encourage people to come. Other people will just hold the sign, but it's always an offering. It's never a request. And I think I, it's been so interesting to me because over the thousands of hugs I've given out through the years or received, people can tell you, well, it's only a good hug if you're hugging heart to heart, or it's only a good hug if it's a bear hug. And I was amazed to find how people had such judgment over what a good hug was for me Sometimes the people who come in and barely touch me, that is a really good hug because they've had to go out of their comfort zone to even do that. I love bear hugs, but people who give bear hugs, that's not coming out of their comfort zone to doing it. So it's really um, allowing people to step out of their comfort zone, which I did my first time I did free hugs. I was not a hugger and I was terrified. So it, it changed my life and I've witnessed it changing many people's lives over the years. Interesting that people, I guess everybody judges, right? At yeah. certain things, but but judging different styles of hugs. But it is so funny to think about. I know even my children have different styles of hugs. I have one bear hugger and one kind of like a gentle touch. But I was with somebody the other day and I like gave him like a one-armed hug and they uh -huh. were like, no, I want a real full hug. Put down what's in that other hand and wrap your arms around me. And it's like, okay, you know, but, oh, uh, and, and it's, it's had an impact on your life, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's really changed uh, the way that I move through life. It's changed what I was doing, like with positive focus, it was always about helping people feel seen and to know that they matter. But this was a direct impact. And it's really hard to explain without experiencing yourself. I had an elder woman walk in and she was crying and her husband had just passed away two weeks prior. And she told me how she missed his hugs. I've celebrated weddings and birthdays or new job promotions. And I've also been in the middle of protests and stuff and offering a peaceful hug while other people around me are arguing about whatever they're protesting. So it's just an opportunity to show up for people. And in showing up for other people, I'm showing up for myself too. Yeah. And the intentionality that you have moved through this for what, 13 yeah. years? You started in 2008 the, the, and how it's grown. And I love that you host this event in May you know, that, that really people globally have participated in, right? Yeah. 
I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I think it's like 45 different countries. We've had huggers on six continents. I have yet to get anybody in Antarctica to join, but um, we've had huggers all over the place. So, And I'll share another story. When I first got pictures from huggers in Pakistan, they emailed me and said, these aren't going to look like hug pictures to you. And I'm like, what do you mean? How A hug is a hug. But their pictures were more standing next to each other and kind of touching each other. But it wouldn't have been what I would have classified as a hug at that time. And then the next year, they were a little bit more of a, an embracing hug. So it's also good to, to know different cultures and different people are going to view it differently. But it really is about acknowledging people and seeing them. Mm, and that's what we yeah. all need more more so now than ever, I think. My guess is that as things open up and you're able to offer events around Chicago and around the world, that people are going to be clamoring yeah. for those hugs. And because, uh, yeah, that that human touch is is so important. It is. And I think especially for people who are either not familiar with free hugs or have not seen it themselves. It is absolutely an offering. I think I've had people tell me like, well, you can't force. I'm like, I've never forced a hug, nor would I force a hug. Um, so it's really just standing there and being open for people to come to you. It's not about you going to them. It's them coming to you. I love that, that it's it's your offering. So powerful. So you've mentioned positive focus a couple times and that positive focus and hugging are just the three words that sum you up for me. <laughs> you know, your your whole outlook, your life, your work is a positive focus. And so tell me how all that started and really kind of the intentionality behind all of that, because that's when I think about somebody that lives with intention, that you are so grounded in positivity and focusing people on positivity that I just... I, you know, when I was thinking of people to invite on the podcast, you were just top of mind because you live with such intention yeah, um, and have brought so much goodness and positivity to the world. Thank you. It is absolutely like I have a daily practice on it. I really, my intention is to live my top values, which are love, kindness, compassion, and peace. And I do that with a positive focus. And I think actually one of my passions and purposes is to to almost reframe what positive means, because I think a lot of people still see being positive as being Pollyanna and thinking the world is rainbows and unicorns, which would be phenomenal if it were that way. But for me, it's about bringing kindness and compassion and love and peace into those hard places that we all walk through and focusing on what we want out of it rather than going into the blame, shame, and complain which is super easy to do, especially if you're in a really hard situation. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who tend to blame, shame, and complain, it's easy to join that energy that they're offering, as well as it's easy to join the energy when you're in a room of people who are solution-focused and are appreciative-focused and gratitude-focused. So it's not about pretending everything is perfect because it's not. For me, it's about bringing those qualities into the hard places and bringing some relief. That just brings the magic. Yeah. That brings the rainbows and the unicorns. And I, I, when you said that earlier, my, my mind went, what? That's not <laughs> real. Wait, no, that's real in my world. So, <laughs> But again, it is bringing that love, that kindness, that compassion and peace to every aspect and every situation in your yeah, life. And I think I'm 
sure you could attest to this as well, but some of the harder experiences I've had in my life, maybe not in the moment of it, but when I got to the other side, I was absolutely grateful for what I learned in it and how I grew from it. Doesn't mean I want to repeat it again, but I'm able to find appreciation and gratitude for that experience. Absolutely. I know you've had the privilege and pleasure of working with some amazing teachers and positive people in the world and speakers. Is there somebody that stands out to you or that you really just lights you up? Oh, goodness. There's there's a few for varying reasons, but um, Ayana Van Zant is certainly one of my favorites. Uh, she's able to speak truth in a way that is kind and and forceful at the same time. And she's very funny. And so I just love what she brings to the world and how she shares her her passion and purpose. Sunny Don Johnston, who doesn't have the name out in the world that Iyanla does. I don't know of anybody who lives and speaks and walks their truth as well as she does. So she is somebody that I, uh, it's an honor to work with and to know. And I love the work that she shares in the world. So those are two of them. I mean, I've worked with several people and even the people I'm not mentioning, it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate their work either, (laughs) but those are the two that really stand out for me. Yeah, no, of course. Are you still producing events? Because I know you were doing events with Positive Focus for a while. What? How's that all? The last event was with Gabby Bernstein. So I have not done producing events. And then I worked with another producer for a while helping with their events. And currently I'm not doing that. I will. I, I love doing events. That is my wheelhouse. So I will probably get back into it um, when things open up more. But right now I, I'm not producing any people's events. Yeah, there are not a lot of live events happening these days, but we'll get back there soon. No, but as you know, because you've produced them, for the person sitting in the seat watching and getting inspired and loving the day, that person has little to no idea the hundreds of hours that went on before that eight-hour day. (laughs) So there are a lot of work. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about what it means to be an impact coach. An impact coach is really, for me, I... I coach women mostly, and I would say most of them are entrepreneurs, but it's really about finding whatever their dream and aspirations that they're wanting to create in their lives. And it's about creating a positive impact because it's super easy, again, to focus on what we don't have, what we're afraid of, our unworthiness, and all those things that have kind of been programmed into us. And so I work on reframing things and to find that beauty in the hard places and to be gentle and make, you know, forward motion. And sometimes those, you know, the times where we have setbacks and have to take a step back, instead of seeing it as a wrong, it's just giving us a new perspective to look at things differently from. So I would say the most work I do is around mindset. And I kind of like to call it heart set and said, but it's really about bringing your mindset into a positive space for whatever it is that you're, you're striving to create in your life. That's amazing work. And there's so many people I know that that need help with mindset and 
And coming back to that love, kindness, compassion, and peace that you talk about, and then roll in the hugs, it's it's got to be some really powerful work. I, I love doing it. And I think a lot of times it's pretty easy for us to catch our negative self-talk when they're big things like you're an idiot or, or those kinds of things. But there's a lot of subtle things that we say to ourselves or act upon that we're not even realizing are coming from a place of unworthiness. So when we're able to identify that fear and move towards feeling a little bit better, then we're able to um, achieve more of what we want rather than achieving more of what we don't want. Yeah, that's the power of language, right? Yeah. There's so much and those power of the I am statements and very they're so powerful. Yeah. And even in my practice recently, I mean, I'm pretty aware of my language, but I, I have caught myself several times using saying I am frustrated. I'm tired. I'm, I, I'm really just, I, it's like, it's, it's really honing in and not in a anal, like judgy way, but it's, it's like an up-leveling of our language, right? Yeah. I was going to say that, like, I tend to, I, I absolutely know when I am giving myself um, negative self-talk or even talking out loud, I tend to say, I don't sleep well. It's like, I can't tell you how many times I affirm in a week, that I don't sleep well. It's like, wow, I wonder why I don't sleep well because I keep affirming it. But when I'm working with somebody, especially if they're brand new, I just ask them, you know, for a week, just pay attention to what you're saying. I don't want you to have any negative judgments or positive judgments about it. Just pay attention. And then when you're noticing the negative comments you're making, pat yourself on the back because now you're aware of them. And when you're aware of something, you can either choose to stay coarse and keep going or you can make changes. But when we're an autopilot, not even paying attention to what we're saying, then it's kind of hard to make adjustments. But awareness for me is really key on making those changes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and then not judging yourself right. once, you know, cause then we, we can do that downward spiral, but that's not, that's not what we're talking about. Right. And it's easy to do the downward spiral. Yeah. So this year has been challenging to say the least. And, and there've been a lot of really great positive things that have come out of it as well. But what has your practice been throughout this year to keep yourself grounded and keep yourself, you know, really focused on the positive? That's a good question because it has been challenging because it hasn't impacted my coaching practice that much. But as far as the work I do with hugs, that's kind of put it to a halt. Like I had started the year before counting hugs, where before we never counted them, to reach a million hugs, thinking what would it be like in the world if there were a million people who had been hugged? Because I absolutely believe if people feel seen and heard, they are less likely to harm themselves and other people. So hugs is one of the ways that are to be seen and heard. And then obviously with coaching, I help people be seen and heard that way. But for me to stay connected to all of that, knowing that this time is giving us a pause, this time is ridiculously hard and painful for people who have lost family members. This time is really hard for people who have had financial struggle through it. And it's opened up the opportunity for us to see how we can come together and support each other and take care of each other and how we're going to recreate from here. Sometimes our hardships need to come to the light before we can fix them. I don't even know that I want to use the word fix, but look into them and see how we can um, improve upon and enhance enhance where we're at. So even though it's been a painful year, I think it's brought a lot of things up 
that we get to look at now and decide how to move forward with. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know there have been a lot of things that it's given space to be able to look at a lot of things too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what's, what's on the horizon for Carol and for positive focus? What is on the horizon? Well, I'm hoping I'm currently planning to do the global hugs in October. We will see if the world is opened up enough or, or if I just do it in a small, you know, some of the States here in the U S and not have it a global event. I was talking to my hugger in Switzerland a couple weeks ago. And he was saying that they're still on lockdown there. So he was not sure October would work for them. And I may end up having to cancel it completely because I want to put people's health and safety first. Otherwise, it will be in May of next year. And I'm working on some ways to, I haven't figured it out yet, but some ways to do some virtual online hugging of some sort. So that is what I'm working on. And then I'm always active on my social media pages on talking to people there too. I, I love the idea of doing some virtual hugging events and you know, it's, it's like, I, I, it's funny. I, last night I like wrapped my arms around myself and like gave myself a yeah. little squeeze. I'm like, Oh, that kind of felt good. So, and I have people in my house yeah. that hug me all the time, but I was like, it's almost like that self-love, that self self-hugging was really powerful. The self-love is so important. Absolutely. Uh, I love it. So many good things. And then you mentioned your social media because you have such a, an active social media and you always have so many positive and affirmative messages to post. I just, I love that. Well, I, again, I think it's so easy, especially if you're in a place in your life where you're having a really hard time, regardless of what the situation is, relationships, finance, health, that it's easy to go into that dark place and not look at hope and not look at opportunity and possibility. So I'm always trying to hold the door open for people to see that it could be filled with love, kindness, compassion, and peace. It doesn't have to be dark. Uh, I'm so grateful that you shine your light so brightly in the world. And I know that there are thousands and thousands of other people that feel that way too, that have received your hugs or interact with you in social media or at events. And it's just... It's so, so good. And I just love the intentionality in which you live your life. Thank you. Yeah. So I always love to wrap things up with some fun questions. You ready? Okay, bring it. All right. What is your favorite place and why? Ooh, well, my favorite place without it being a particular location is water, ocean. I would say Hawaii has probably been my favorite place that I've experienced personally. But when I am by the water, big lake, ocean. That is my favorite place. I just get re-energized by the water and being able to look out on the expansiveness of an ocean reminds me that my problems are pretty small. Are you a cat person, a dog person, or some other animal? I, well, I'm kind of an elephant person. (laughs) (laughs) As far as owning one, I currently don't have any right now, but I'm more of a dog person. Tell me more about being an elephant person. They're just so majestic. They seem to, they have their family pods and they, they, they grieve when they lose one of their own. They take care of each other. If one gets stuck in a hole, they're there to try to help get them out. I follow 
virtual live camera called AfriCam. So I'm always checking in there daily to see what's going on with the, the wildlife. But they're they're gentle giants. So I just think that they're so amazing. And in their memory, I remember hearing a place in Tennessee that takes in rescued elephants from like circuses and stuff. And they had one that when a new elephant came in, there was an older elephant. These two, they started like yelling and talking to each other and they tracked their lineage back that 15 years prior they had been in the same circus environment so they remembered each other and I just think that's so cool yeah that is so cool what's your favorite word Mm, I'm gonna have to go with love Mm. what are you reading right now I'm reading Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. It's, I don't remember what year, it's it's fairly old, at least a decade old, if not longer, because I was even thinking, and I'm enjoying it a lot, but I'd like, I would rather call it um, peaceful communication instead of nonviolent. Words are important to me on what I choose to use, but it's a really good book. Yeah, it is. Um, if you had a theme song, what would it be? So I actually have a theme playlist. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but but uh, my main song is Brave by Sarah Bareilles. Yeah, such a good song. If you were a super, superhero, what would your name be and what power would you have? Um, Gosh, what would my name be? I guess a friend of mine calls me Cappy because she says that I'm, I'm her, the, her captain of a positivity. <laughs> but another friend years ago would ask like, so if you had two things to save the world, what would it be? And mine, um, two items. And mine was a wand, a magic wand and a step stool because I'm not very tall. So those would be my two things. So ask me the question again. My name is going to be Cappy. What's your, what, if you're a superhero, what would your name be? And what power would you have? Cappy and invisible because then I can go around hugging everybody and they wouldn't, if they were afraid of it, they'd still fill my loving energy, but they wouldn't have to worry about it. (laughs) I love it. All right. And then finally, what is your intention for our world right now? Oh, um, wow. You know, peace on earth. Um, I think my intention for the world right now is to pause and breathe and respond rather than react. Ah, yes. So good. So good. So Carol, if people want to find you on the web or social media, how can they get in touch with you? So on Facebook, it's Positive Focus. You can find me there or Carol C.C. Miller. Um, when you add the CC, it'll help because there's lots of Carol Millers out there. And then my website is carolccmiller.com. And I've recently added to make my life easier. I'm bringing all my positive focus stuff onto that website. So everything's in one place. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you do in the world for hugging and inspiring and bringing such love and light and positivity to the world. I am so grateful and thanks so much for being here today. Yeah. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It was good to talk to you again. It's been too long. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Carol. To learn more about what she's up to, please visit our show notes page at todayichoose.me slash podcast. And to learn more about what I'm doing, working with me one-on-one, meditations, other podcasts, visit todayichoose.me or connect on social media on Instagram at todayichoosewithmelissa. And may your week be filled with intention. 
Today I Choose is brought to you by 3B Productions and Nevertheless Media. Our producer and audio engineer is Sam Booty. Our graphic designer is Marsha Craig. Our research assistant is Molly Bingham. To find us on Instagram, look for Today I Choose with Melissa. And find our Facebook group, Everyday Living with Intention. And on the web, todayichoose.me.